Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, you guys know the drill by now. Praise the Lord. That is not a suggestion. <laughs> that is a commandment. The Bible says, let everything and everyone that has breath, praise the Lord. And I'm seeing a bunch of people with breath on the inside of them this morning. So you qualify. Glory to God. I'm super excited to bring the word of God this morning. And I'm very, very humbled for the privilege that the Lord has given me. Um, I don't take this pulpit uh, for granted. So thank you, Pastor. Three nights ago, um, my daughters, my, my family we were worshiping the Lord. It was a spontaneous worship. And we were singing several songs, uh, Yeshua, uh, singing Don Moe, Ron Canali. And we spent almost three or almost four hours worshiping. So after they finished, after we finished, I told them, because it was by that time it was past midnight, um, I told them it's okay for them to go to bed. So I went into my office, I continued to worship. And I'm, I'm beginning to have some new experiences with the Lord now. While I was worshiping, the Lord, I was caught up. The Lord took me to heaven. I was in a place that looked like a mountain. And it was me and the Lord. And he had his hand like this, and we were dancing. And we were dancing. And while the dance was going on, it was almost like a, uh, a dance with your, the, the lover of your soul. We were dancing, we were dancing. So in my, in my mind, I was saying, Lord, it would be nice to have some angels here. And the Lord said, no, it's just me and you. Just me and you. Just me and you. So that, that experience went on for almost an hour. So, and then I continued with my study, preparing for the service. And then the next day, I was doing the same thing. And I, I was back in the same place. And then this morning, um, my wife and I we were worshiping the Lord, singing the same song, Yeshua. We got it on, the, on, on YouTube, watching Yeshua and worshiping. And then I was caught up again in the same place. And as we were dancing, uh, I saw a picture like, the, you know when, when you just fell in love with somebody? You know, you know, remember that time? And you really want to show them something like, come on, come on, come on. I want to show you something. It was something like that. And the Lord was like, I want to show you what I've prepared for you. Amen. And while I was worshiping here before the service started, the Lord said I should tell my bride. Tell my bride. He's not talking about the global church in, in, as a general rule. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. That's the way the, the message was impressed in my spirit. Tell my bride that I, there's so much I want to show them. There's so much I want to share with them. There's so much I've prepared for them. And I told them, as your mouthpiece, I will tell them gladly. And so this morning... I want you to be very, very excited, very, very expectant, because I, ah, it's, there's so much bubbling in my spirit that I want to pour out this morning, that the Lord has been showing me, and I believe God has something for you this morning, amen? amen. If you can open your Bible with me to Mark chapter 11, as a sign of honor and respect to the word. I would like you to stand up if you can. 
as we read the Word of God, Mark chapter 11. I have so much in my heart, beginning from verse 12. Now, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seat of those that sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. And he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought out they might destroy him, but for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. Verse 19. When the evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have the God kind of faith, or have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have already received them and you will have them. May the Lord bless the reason of the word. You can have your seat. Praise the Lord. So as I was preparing for this, I, I was going to title this message, God demands faith. But I thought that was a little bit too aggressive. So I changed it to God requires faith. That's a little bit nicer and softer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to start with uh, an exercise, and I want everybody to participate. There is nobody sitting on the fence. And those that are watching from home, you have to participate as well. So as you're looking at me, as you're looking at me, how many of you believe that I have $50 to my name? Please, if you believe it, raise your hand. At least $50 to my name. Okay, I'm going to up it. How many of you believe that I have at least $500 to my name? If you don't believe it, then don't raise your hand, okay? This is not a trick question, okay? How many of you believe that I have at least $5,000 to my name? Not necessarily in my pocket, but to my name. At least $5,000. How about $50,000? See, the, 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 the number is beginning to wane a little bit. How about half a million dollars? How about $50 billion? 
Now, the reason that we went through that exercise, the Lord gave me that. The reason we went through that exercise is to show you how simple it is to believe. I asked you, how many of you believe that I have $50? It was a choice. It was a decision. Amen? Do you see how simple it is to believe? So while I was meditating on this, this, the Lord said to me, all I'm asking is for you to show me the same courtesy. Extend me the same courtesy that you extend to a friend, that you extend to your boss, that you extend to your politician, that you extend to anybody around your life when they tell you stuff and you either choose to believe or not to believe. Amen? That's how simple it is to believe. It's our decision. Jesus said, I have reserved some things to your account, which I'm going to show you in a minute. But uh, I don't know. Now let's, let's go through what I have. You have some handouts in your hand. We have the tale of two worlds. Have you noticed that God has created two worlds or two realms? And the only way we know this is by looking in this book. Amen? Do you know that the Bible is actually a spiritual window or a spiritual door? Okay, let's do another exercise. How many of you believe that we have viruses that you cannot see with your physical eyes? Well, coronavirus. But if you take a microscope, you can see it. Now, the virus is in this realm, the physical world that we live in. But you cannot see it because it's so tiny. And you have to look through a microscope to see it. Well, the same thing, we have galaxies, universes that the Lord has created. And we use what is called a telescope to see it. Well, if you want to see what's in the spirit realm, you got to look through this window. (laughs) Hallelujah. You got to look through this window. This book is literally a window, an access into what the Lord has created in that realm. How many of you woke up this morning and thought about the Lord or talked to the Lord and praised the Lord or worshipped him? Raise your hand. How many of you, when you were worshipping the Lord, you saw the Lord sitting by your bedside and he was stroking your hair and petting you and saying good things to you? No. But how do you know that you are talking to somebody you cannot see? It's because you look through this window. Amen? So we have two realms. The realm that we, you and I exist in right now and the realm of the Spirit. I've told you before, the Bible says he gives his angels charge concerning you. They keep you in all your ways. They are right behind me, in front of me right now. They are right around you too. There are hosts of angels in this room. How do you know that is true? Because of this spiritual window. Amen? So I want to, because of what we've just done and what you've seen, I've not given you anything that you don't know already. I just maybe said it in a different way to see it better. We are going to see some things that, you are not going to be the same. Amen? I promise you are not going to be the same again. I brought this uh, 
boxes over here are as part of my demonstration. Now, I've told you, because of this spiritual window, we are able to see God. We're able to see that there is the devil, there is hell, there is spiritual activities going on. Amen? Uh, we're able to see demons. We're able to see what the Word of God says. Even though we may not be able to see it with our physical eyes, we know they exist. Hallelujah. I've not forgotten about our text. I'm just warming up to it. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at some scriptures. Amen. If you have your Bible, open to Colossians 1, 15 to 17. We are going to come back to Mark 11. Colossians 1, 15 to 17. It's in your handout, I believe. The Bible says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things, and in him all things consist. You begin to see another picture of us looking in that realm. He's talking about the Father. He created all these things, both visible and invisible. Amen? Another scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. This is a very key scripture to faith. And I'm going to use that scripture a lot in the course of this message. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. I want you to put your eyes on the word. The Bible says, while we do not look at the things which are sin, but at the things which are not sin, <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a play on words. While we do not look at things which are sin, but at the things which are not sin, for the things which are sin, visible, are temporary, but the things which are not sin are eternal. I want to submit to you, church, we can replace that word sin by accessible to your five senses. What you can smell, touch, see, taste, or hear. Amen? Why would you not put our eyes on what we can see in this dimension? but we put our eyes on what we cannot see. Wait a minute, how can I look at what I cannot see? We just did it. You look through the window. You look through the window. That's how you see what is not visible. It's very, very important. The Bible says, and I'm getting to the core of the, uh, three, two passages that we're gonna look at that's gonna form the backbone of the message today. Ephesians 1.3, I can quote it. But I want us to read it together. Ephesians 1.3. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. What is us? H-A-S. It's a past tense designation. Everybody agree? You don't have to be an English teacher to agree with that, okay? It's a past tense designation. He has already, it's a done deal, finito, over, completed. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessings. 
in the heavenly places. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. In case that does not convince you that that is true, let's go to 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. I'm just going to read 3 and 4, but you can read to 9 when you get home. It almost, it almost began in the same way. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved where? In heaven for you. Amen? So we've established with the word of God, not my opinion, that there are some blessings that God has reserved for you. Amen? And that's why I have uh, these boxes here. So this one is salvation. This one is healing for my body. This one is stupendous favor. Woof. It's just not fair. You can fill in the blank. Now, I remember I was meditating on this, and I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, I see that now. There are some blessings. In fact, every blessing. That's what the scripture says. Every. Every means all of it. It means nothing is left out. Okay? So the devil might be speaking to your mind now. I say, yeah, everyone except that one. Tell him he's a liar and he's a father of it. Amen? Tell him to shut up. So we have established that there are some blessings the Father has prepared for you. Okay? For you. For you. He has prepared for you. So I was meditating on this. I said, Lord, I see it. You have prepared all these blessings in my name. For lack of a better term, you can think of it as your spiritual bank account. Come on now. Your spiritual bank account. And the good thing about it is the bank account for Mike is as rich as the bank account for Bishop. So I don't have to be jealous of Mike. I just have to access my own account. Amen? You are going to be running around this building by the time I'm done. <laughs> Glory to God. So I was meditating this, and I said, Lord, I see that you have prepared all these blessings for me. I said, Lord, you know, I told you, I talk to the Lord all the time. And then you will set me straight all the time. I said, Lord, if I were you, it would be nice. I know you've made all these blessings reserved. I mean, this is fresh rema. I don't know if you know this all along, but I just learned about this this past two weeks as I was just, you know, fellowshipping with the Lord and just staying there. I said, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. I said, Lord, all these blessings are in heaven. How am I supposed to get to it? I'm on earth. I mean, you're with me, right? How am I supposed to get to it? They are, they are reserved in heaven. They are inheritances. 1 Peter 3, 9 said, they are your inheritances. They are yours. They've got your name on it. The angels that are assigned to bring them to you, they are waiting for command. 
So the Lord dropped this phrase. Pastor used it today. He's flowing in the spirit just like everybody else. He said there are treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt. That was the phrase he just dropped in my spirit. So I quickly went into my Bible and looked it up. And I want to show you where it's at. It's in Matthew 6, 19 and 20. Matthew 6, 19, verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. God said to me, the reason I kept it reserved in heaven is because I don't want it to be destroyed I don't want it to be, uh, to be accessed and somebody break in and steal it. You know, when we moved from Leland to uh, Wilmington, we bought a new house. That was three years ago. You know that the house is three years older than it was three years ago. It's fading away. <laughs> the house is fading away. But the, the, the treasures, the inheritances that the Lord has reserved for you, they are pristine as the day he preserved it. So I saw the wisdom of the Father, that's why he kept it there. So then the question still remains. They are in heaven, I'm here on earth. How do I access it? The passcode is faith. <laughs> the password, the, the key, the, the passcode is faith. And that's what we are going to walk through today. And I'm not trying to talk down to you guys. I know you are men and women of faith. But I'm trying to let us walk through it together like we've never heard it before. It may be remedial for you, but still pay attention. It may be a new revelation for you, but nonetheless, still pay attention. Amen? Because the Bible says we grow from faith to faith. We move from faith to faith. Now, let's go back to Mark 11 that we started with, our text. We are going to focus on just two verses there. 23 and 24. If you read the story, Jesus and his disciples, they were going, and they saw the fig tree. I'm trying to condense it. And Jesus went to it. Perhaps there's food on it. And when he got there, there was nothing. And Jesus was pissed, like, what's up? I'm hungry. And Jesus spoke to the tree. Do you know that as a child of God, you are a speaking spirit? A closed mouth is a closed destiny. Come on, church. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. Jesus was always speaking to the element, speaking to trees, speaking to the ocean, speaking to men, speaking to everything. Because we are going to find out what Jesus was doing. Look at what Jesus said here. For assuredly, I say to you, I say to you, Tony, I say to you, Pastor Tom, I say to you, Mike, I say to you, everybody, under the sound of my voice, this is Jesus, whoever, meaning everybody is welcome, amen, it doesn't exclude anybody, whoever says to this mountain, the mountain could represent a, a long-term illness in your body. The mountain could re represent uh, financial trouble. The mountain could represent anything. Say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now, the key is, but you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that the words coming out of your mouth will be done. You're going to have it. You're going to have it. 
you believe in your heart that what you are saying will be done, then you will have it. So then somebody might say, well, but I've done that, Bishop, and it didn't work. Let's just be real, amen? I've done that, Bishop, and it didn't work. And I want to show you where many of us are missing it, where I have missed it, even as recent as the last two days. So I was trying to find this pant because it goes with the top. Amen? If you remember the last time I wore this, I only wore the top. I wore something else under it. And I said, Lord, I really want to wear the pant. So, <laughs> so a week ago, I looked in my closet, my side of the closet. A lot of clothes, by the way. I was walking by sight. I checked every single cloth, and I refolded everything. I spent almost three hours there. But the good thing is I was worshiping the Lord. The music was playing, but it was me walking by sight. So a few days later, that was on Friday, came back from work. I was going to do the same thing. So I went back into the closet. Now I'm going to check my wife's side of the closet. So I said to myself in my brain that I was going to check every single thing, and I did, and it wasn't there. And I know it's in there. It's in the, it's in the closet. So this uh, Saturday, as I was getting ready, uh, preparing and praying and, and looking at the Word of God again, I said, Lord, okay, this time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act in faith. And I want you to pay attention to what I did. I said, Lord, as I'm going into the closet, I believe in my heart that you will lead me directly to where it's at. Do you know how long it took me? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I walked in the room. It's almost like the Lord was pointing to it because I was acting in faith. And there I found it. And I'm wearing it. Now, many years ago, about six years ago, I follow Kenneth Hagin, I follow Kenneth Copeland, I follow all the greats. I was listening to him, and he was preaching a particular message on faith. You know, he preached faith, the entire ministry. So if I keep preaching faith, don't get mad at me. I'm trying to catch up. Okay? And Jesus preached faith a lot, too. So I was listening to him, and he was telling all these wonderful, um, almost outlandish testimonies of his encounter with the Holy Spirit and dealings in the, in the realm of faith. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I want my own testimonies. I want to have my own testimony. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you will have your own testimony when you start acting in faith. I want you to get that. It's not, it's not that the Lord is waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord is waiting on me. He's saying, Bishop, come on. You've heard enough word. It's time to step out of the boat. It's time to start acting in faith. So something happened recently. Um, I have a gym in my house. So I walk out, and I hope you know this. <laughs> I walk out at least three times a week, sometimes more, more than that. So because of the coronavirus, obviously the gyms are closed anyway, so it works out for me. So anytime, I, either before I leave for work or when I come back from work, I'll walk out. Even my kids can, can verify that. So I came back one day. It was a particularly stressful day at work. So I thought, okay, I'm going to walk out to, you know, you know, get the stress out. So I went to the gym, and of course, when you're doing, uh, when you're doing the push-up and when you're doing a weightlifting, there's a proper form to to maintain so that you don't hurt yourself. Unfortunately, that day, mm, I did not follow the protocol. 
So I, I did three sets, and this is, this is like 150 pounds or something like that. So by the time I got up, I knew I, just, I don't mess up. Because I can feel the pain radiating from the center of my back to my shoulder and everything. And the enemy came right away. And now I've been trained. The Lord has trained me. The enemy came, oh, you slipped a disc. You better call here. You better call this. You better did this. And that I immediately I said, no. I don't have to wait for the doctor to tell me what's going on. I already have a blessing restored for me. So right now, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, I believe I receive my healing. And I just want to thank you. And I want to walk you through what happened. That moment, after I got up from the bench, I received my healing. And I believe it in my heart. For the next 48 hours, three days, pain all over my back. Pain. The kind of pain that's there all the time. That doesn't go away. And the devil just kept telling me, you better go to the ER, you better be, be wise, you better be wise. And guess what we do? We do. We go to the ER. Now, I'm not knocking you. I'm not, telling, I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just preaching the word. I'm telling you what I did. So the third day, throughout the night, I tried to sleep. I, I sleep on my stomach. I tried to sleep painful, painful. I tried to sleep on this side. I tried to sleep on that side. And every time... I'll turn around. I say, Father, I just thank you because I believe that I received my healing. I thank you, Father, because I believe that I received my healing. And many times I will sleep sitting up because it, it, it was just too painful. So third day, I was sitting in my office. In my office, there's a section for where my computer desk is. And then I have a round table for when I have meetings with my staff and stuff like that. So I was sitting in my desk. And I was practicing what Jesus said. We are going to get to it. We are going to unpack it some more. I was practicing what Jesus said. Meaning, why would put your eyes on things that you cannot see, but take your eye off of what you can see, your five senses? One of the best demonstrations of that is pain. Pain that you cannot ignore. But I tried my best. I ignored it. I get up. I shower. I go to work. I have to turn like this. That's how bad it was. I have to turn like this. Amen? This is my story. So I was sitting there in my desk, and the Lord said, pay attention. I heard the Lord. I said, pay attention. He said, pay attention to the pain. And I felt the pain. It went from here, almost like somebody, you know, like an ant moving around. It went all over this way, and then it went to the shoulder on this side. Then it jumped to the shoulder on this side, and it jumped to the back. It's almost like the devil is trying to get my attention. Because initially when the thing started, it was localized right in the center of my back. Now it's traveling. It's moving around. Because he's trying, me, he's trying to get me to make that confession that my disc is slipped. I started laughing in my office. I said, whoo, I got you, devil. I got you. You are not going to let me buy it. I was, so, I was so sold out. I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't even tell my kids what was going on. I just got up and went to work. Because I believe that I have received. So by the time I got home that day, all of a sudden, I had completely forgotten about it. I just discovered that for the first time, there was no pain. And so I said, Lord, I just thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, the pain is gone. And the Lord said, now that you are healed, what do you normally do? Uh, because your normal routine is to work out. And of course, the devil was like, work out? Afterwards, it just happened? I said, no, because I believe. This was 12.30, because I'm a late guy. I, 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 I stay up late. It was 12.30 in the morning. I went into the gym. I did all of the exercises, and I was like, devil in your face. So what I'm trying to show us is this. Because you believe, it doesn't mean that the situation will go away immediately. In fact, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, there were many examples. The Bible said, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, how long was the, how many steps did they take? Praise the Lord. So I can share some testimonies of Papa Hagen. I can share those testimonies of Audrey Mark. The same thing. I remember uh, one of the testimonies Hagen shared. This was, he was 19 years old. So teenagers, you can do this. He was 19 years old. He was a brand new pastor. He learned of, about faith. He just got healed from the heart disease and everything that he had. All of a sudden, you know, one of the functions of the pastor is to go and visit, um, you know, church members. At that time, there was a flu epidemic that was going on. So some of the church members had flu, and they were at home. And the pastor was going to go and visit them. And the pastor woke up the next morning. He himself had flu. <laughs> this is Kenneth Hagen, his testimony. So he said, okay, Lord, um, I mean, he said he felt so heavy that he himself felt like he was backsliding, that he needed somebody to pray for him and, and, and show him mercy and, and, and cast this thing out of it. But he had to act in faith. So he prayed. He believed that he received. And so what do you do if you believe that you have received? If I give this box to Pastor Tom, let's say this box is your most precious prayer request at this time. And I give it to you. Once I give it to you, are you going to be asking me for it again? If you truly believe that you have received, what's the next thing that happens? You begin to act like you have it. Let's say that's full of $50,000. You begin to plan, whew, I'm going to buy a new boat. Uh, I'm going to do some remodeling. I'm going to buy some you know, clothes. You're going to start coming up with ideas of how you are going to do it, how you are going to spend the money. So once you believe that you have received, your posture is different. Irrespective of what the symptom says. Amen? Especially when it comes to physical health, you know, sickness. Irrespective of what the symptoms say. But the key to it is Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, what things soever, I'm a King James kind of guy, what things soever you desire when you pray, the moment you pray. It's 11.28 right now. So if you are making a prayer to God right now, in this moment at 11.28, 15 seconds, you believe it's done. Irrespective of what your five senses are telling you. Remember 2 Corinthians 4.18. Why we do not look at the things that we can't see, but are the things that we cannot see. Because now I'm looking at these blessings, inheritances that the Father has given me. It's already done. Now, I want to say this. 
I was meditating on this. Uh, I was asking the Lord about the Old Testament saints, how they got healing. Because we, as New Testament saints, we look at the cross. We look at the 39 stripes. So on the back of Jesus is cancer. Amen? On the back of Jesus is every known disease, sicknesses, viruses, it doesn't matter. Jesus took those stripes so that you might be healed. After he took those stripes, because God knows the details of your life, from the day you were born to the day you expire, he's a planner. He saw that Pastor Willie is going to need some money in 2020. So he packaged it. He put it in your account. He knew that you were going to need some favor. He packaged it and put it in your account. He knew that you were going to need some, uh, what is this, sir? Some favor, more favor. He packaged it. And he's now waiting on you to come and make withdrawal. Make withdrawal. I want us to really understand this. Healing is a done deal. It does not matter the severity of the condition. It does not matter the nature of the condition. Jesus has paid the price. Unless we don't believe that the 39 stripes took care of sickness and disease. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness, the B part, by whose stripes you were past tense, healed. I remember as I was preparing for this and I was, you know, meditating, I I was writing some things. I said, Lord, and I was writing, I said, "Um, so that means my faith produced the healing. He said, no. Lord said, no. No, your faith did not produce the healing. My stripes produce the healing. Your faith is just the physical, spiritual hand that goes into your spiritual bank account to receive it. Amen? Do you know that faith does not come by testimonies? I can share my testimonies with you from now till kingdom come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Amen? So, my testimony, what my testimony does is to encourage, inspire your faith. So it doesn't matter what the situation is. It has already been prepared for you. Jesus has already made provision for you. You have to believe it. Remember the exercise we did? I asked you, do you believe that I have $50,000? $50 million. Do you know that I really do? It's in my spiritual bank account. I make withdrawal anytime I want. So don't get mad at me. You see another brother getting blessed. You see this brother getting blessed. Well, go, go, go. Put in the key code and get your own. Amen? And this God that your papa is extravagant. Oh, no, no, no. You don't understand what I just said. He's extravagant. The streets in heaven are paved with gold. The streets. Not the house. The streets are paved with gold. 
So he has prepared everything that you will ever need consistent with a godly lifestyle. So for example, I cannot say, oh, I now I understand how faith works. Let's go to work. I like that lady. She's going to be my wife. No, she's married. Okay? It has to be in alignment with a godly lifestyle. Amen? Amen. So God has prepared everything that you will ever need. So now, let me ask you this question. I think it's on your man or the, the material that you have. On earth, we keep treasures in vaults, in banks, in museums, and in wallets. And the, the other question is, how can you get your earthly treasures into your heavenly account? So vice versa. So you have treasures, inheritances that are in heaven reserved in the heavenly places in your bank account. And then you have some treasures on earth that you want to transfer there because that was the advice that Jesus was giving in, in Matthew 6, 1920 that we read. He said, don't lay up your treasures here because moths and rust is going to rust, it's going to get you know, bad. Somebody can steal it. Put it in heaven because it's safe there. So then I asked the Lord, because remember that was the, the response to my question about how do I get it? He said, well, you can transfer both ways. Amen? By faith. So when you give your tithes or your offerings, you are transferring into your account in heaven. Amen? Amen? Especially when you are obedient. Because God understands numbers. I said that last time. He wrote a book called Numbers. He knows how much you make. And when you are not obedient, then it doesn't compute. So faith is as simple as the exercise that we practiced. Do you believe the words of Jesus? Do you believe that he is credible? I mean, you meet somebody randomly, somebody you've never met before, and they tell you something and then you size them up. Yeah, I see that. I believe that. You just made a decision in the moment. And you decide that you believe them. Meanwhile, the Lord Jesus says, I have prepared some blessings and inheritances. Because when you read Ephesians 1, 3, or maybe even 1 Peter 3, 4, and, and 5, you will not be able to tell. You know, it just said blessings. So how do you tell what are in those blessings? Well, it's littered all over the book. It's littered all over the book. The Bible says the glory of God to hide a matter is the honor of kings to search it out. And you know that you're a king. Woo! You're a king. Is, is the God among kings? I'm looking at a bunch of kings. That's who you are. He hides, not hide, it's littered all over scriptures. And then you begin to find out that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You begin to find out who you truly are. The devil is afraid of you. You just don't know it. Amen? He's afraid of you because he has deposited everything that the Father has in your account. You know we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So everything that the Lord Jesus has is commingled into your account. And it's an inexhaustible God. I got to get back to my notes. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. 
So now let's look at some things that will help us further to understand the concept of how to believe in your heart. I'm so glad this morning I started a, a little earlier. I usually start late and I have to rush, but I'm not rushing today. I'm taking my time. I told us that healing is a spiritual blessing. Money is a spiritual blessing. Favor is a spiritual blessing. Fill in the blank. So you need money. Believe that you have received. Now, when it comes to money, it may take some time for it to manifest because God has to maneuver and walk through individual, through circumstances to get it to you. But healing is already waiting. I, I, I debate whether I should share this. I've heard testimonies of people that the Lord has taken to heaven and they have shown them several rooms. And one of the rooms that I've been privileged to go to is the, the room where there are body parts. Body parts. So if you need a new body part, it's already there waiting for you. Do you all believe that? I'm serious. Do you believe it? Because Jesus is not healing you today. He did it 2,000 years ago. All you are doing is taking delivery of what has already been done. 1 Peter 2.24 was very emphatic about that. That you were, past tense, healed. So if you look at timeline... This is Adam. This is the cross. And this is you. So, <laughs> the cross, at the cross, at Golgotha, a lot of spiritual transactions took place. Our salvation was settled. Your healing was settled. Everything that you and I need was settled at Golgotha. So now I'm in 2020. I need healing. So I'm going into my account 2,000 years ago, and I bring it back here. Whew. A new heart, a new lungs, a new liver. It's already there in your account. So the Lord told me, you know, this year, by the grace of God, my family and I had been privileged to wait upon the Lord with fasting for 40 days, and we did another one for seven days. That's wonderful. That's great. And I'm not saying that to brag or anything. But do you know that fasting does not help with this? It's faith. Prayer without faith is empty. It makes you feel good in the moment, but it's not going to compute. It's not going to do anything. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, in the moment that you are praying, you must believe in that moment that you have already received it, you know why you can, in your mind, believe that? Because I just showed you that it's already there. Because I used to, I don't know about you, I used to think that when I'm praying, that's when God is, you know, working it and putting it together. But that's not consistent with Scripture. It's already done. It's already done. So when I received my healing and it manifested four days later, it wasn't the fourth day when the pain was gone that it manifested. I received it. Oh, I, I gave the uh, audio team uh, an image. I don't know if you have it. If you can show that on the screen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
So when you look at who you are, you are three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. Now your spirit man is in contact with that realm, the realm of the spirit. Your body is in contact with this realm. Your soul is kind of in between. So you want to get spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places. How are you going to get it? I mean, logically, the only entity, you are three parts, the only entity that is qualified to take anything or interact in that realm is your spirit. So you have to receive with your heart. Let's see some scriptures. The Bible says, man is a spirit, he has a soul, and lives in a body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. Praise the Lord. Let's jump to Romans 10 because I'm looking at time. Romans 10, 8 to 10. The Bible says, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, Pay attention to verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, we know that is talking about being born again. But I submit to you, it's also talking about accessing everything that the Father has prepared for you. You must believe that number one, he has prepared those things for you. And then you must picture your spirit man going into the vault, going into the bank account, whatever image the Lord gives you. You access it, you receive it. You take possession of it. And then over time, it may be instant, it may be over a period of days, it will transfer from your spirit through your soul into your body. And when it gets into your body, then you feel it. Your body will be notified of what took place in the spirit. Because your body cannot counter what's happening over there. And that's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. When you are walking by faith, you are walking by the knowledge of what you know the word says. Not the knowledge of what you are feeling in your body or the circumstances around you. Because if you are walking by the pain or the, uh, the, the doctor's report, then you are walking by sight. I told you my story. I wanted to find this pant. I was walking by sight. I couldn't find it. The moment I activated faith, 30 seconds, I was able to find it. And it's very easy to step away from walking by faith to walking by sight. I'll give you a, a good, very powerful example. Peter. Jesus was walking on the, on the sea, and they saw him. They were afraid. And they said, Lord, is that you? And Jesus said, it's me. If it's you, bid me come. And the Bible said he stepped out of the boat and began to walk. The moment he was walking, he was walking by faith. 
Then the scripture said, he began to look at the waves, the circumstances, what the senses are telling him. What the senses are feeding him. They are saying, whoa, look, are you crazy? You are on the ocean. I want to tell you, if you fight the devil in the realm of the natural, he's going to whoop you 10,000 times and 10,000 times. But if you, if you engage him in faith, in the realm of the spirit, you are going to win every single time. Every single time. So you ignore. You pretend like it doesn't exist. Oh, Masse Keremo Sutalia. Now, this is very challenging, especially when it comes to healing. Because if you have real life threatening situation, your mind is telling you, you better be careful. You better, be, you better pay attention. I'm going to share a testimony that the Lord is prompting me now. So, a, a, a woman of God came to a church to preach the word of God, word of faith. And somebody in the audience had sugar diabetes. And that person came forward. They received the word. They came forward, pray on them, and they received. They truly received. So when they go home, as their routine is, in the morning, you get up, you get your insulin, and you inject yourself. That was his routine. So he got up, and he was packing the insulin to inject, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? You cannot walk the life of faith without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, ah, son, remember you got your healing yesterday. The man said, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So he stopped the medicine and put it back in the fridge. I'm not telling you. I'm not giving you medical advice, okay? You have to know that you know that you know. I preached a message many weeks ago about the word must become flesh. If it's not flesh, it will not work. And that does not mean that the word of God is not true. You have to sit down and go there with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, show me. Because once it becomes daylight in you, nobody can take it away from you. So day one, day two, a week went by, two weeks went by, and he had a scheduled appointment at the hospital. And in that appointment, they're going to take blood, take a test, take all kinds all kind of things. So they did the test, and it took a while. He was wondering what's going on. The doctor came back and said, for a minute, I thought I had the wrong patient because there's no proof that you ever had diabetes. I checked it 10 different ways. So after that, because now he has a doctor's report to prove it, he came to the church and gave his testimony. Now, there's another man in the church, in the same church, that has the same condition. So what he heard was, oh, stop my medicine, then I'm healed. No, that's not what, that's, he missed the old boat. He missed the old thing. Because he believed that he had received what Jesus had already prepared for him. And then the action that followed was him stopping the medication. And the stopping of the medication was prompted by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And that's where we see a lot of people in the church, they, they try it. You don't try it. You are sure of it. Faith is not let me try it. You act in faith. Faith will motivate you to take action. 
I preached a message many, many weeks ago uh, about the man that was born by four. Remember that message? When they brought him into the presence of Jesus, the scripture said, when Jesus saw their faith, I, began, I went back and I was meditating and I said, Lord, the Bible said you saw their faith. He said, yes, I did. Their faith was their movement, their action, their, their opening the roof and bringing him down. But then I said, Lord, but then you said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. He said, that's still part of his faith. How is somebody that was dead fast supposed to rise up, take up his bed and walk? The reason that the man got up was because he believed. If you don't believe in your heart that you have received, not going to receive. So when you pray and say, ah, so and so, ah, we're praying for you that you're going to be healed, that's hope. That you are going to be healed, that's future tense. Because by the time you get tomorrow, you'll still be in the future. When you get to 20 years from now, you'll still be in the future. You will never catch up with it. Hope is always in the future. Faith is now. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things that we hope for, the evidence. You know why faith is always now? Because he has already prepared it. So God is not preparing my healing. He's already done. I've got some testimonies that I'm going to share the next time I come around. Now let's look at let's look at the heart, the heart, H-E-A-R-T, and the mouth connection. The Bible says the word must be in your heart and in your mouth. Joshua warned it. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written there. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God was telling Joshua, it must be in your heart and in your mouth. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. If you are are claiming to believe that you are healed and you don't say it, I question it. It's not my word, it's the word of God. I want to show you, I want to show you some, some scriptures that will prove that to you. Glory to God. Let's go to... Psalm 19, verse 4. Psalm 19, verse 14, rather. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Matthew 15, 16 to 20. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth, I want us to pay attention to this, whatever enters the mouth, food, drinks, goes into the stomach and is eliminated. But those things which proceed out of your mouth, where did they come from? From your heart. It comes from your heart. Glory to God. I don't know, I'm I'm preaching myself happy. And they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness. The same place. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it proceed issues of life. 
because that's where faith is born. It's in your heart, not in your brain. There are so many things that's happening in your heart that your brain is like, what are you talking about? Say, don't worry, you will catch up. <laughs> Amen? You tell your body, don't worry, you catch up. I don't, I'm, 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 not, I'm not blaming you because you are in this realm. That's why you can't understand spiritual stuff. Eventually, it's going to catch up. Glory to God. The doctor tells you that your blood pressure is high. The doctor tells you this, the doctor tells you that, blah, 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 blah. Whatever they told you, praise the Lord. If you understand what I'm teaching you, you can go to your bank account and take delivery. Amen? And you don't have to wait. Thank God. You know, the Bible says God has given us gifts in the body. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And God has put them in the church to build up the body. And God anoints people specially with a healing anointing. Even with the healing anointing, you still have to receive it by faith. I've heard a man of God, in fact, two men of God say they stand before somebody and they put their hands there and they can feel the anointing. It's like a warm glow come through their hands into that person and the anointing comes back. In fact, Kenneth Hagin said he was ministering to one, one person and then the anointing came back. And then he tried the second time, the anointing came back. And he said, Lord, what's going on? He said, because he's going to die. And he's going to die in three days. Because he's not aligned. He doesn't understand. The, the, the sickness is too advanced. He doesn't have time to receive this. Amen? And there were other things that were going on in his life. The Lord said he's going to die. Just pray a blessing over him. And, and restore him. Because he, he had walked away from the Lord. And he was doing some things that the Lord knew. And the Lord... God is so merciful. Amen? I'm telling you, God is so merciful. Even when people mess up, he's looking at you with a high of love. He wants to welcome you back. Amen? So faith, the word of God, must be in your heart and in your mouth, like a two-edged sword. All those scriptures that you have in the material, I want you to study it. I want you to study it and be convinced Without any shadow of doubt. And you know the beautiful thing about it, you have the Holy Spirit who's your teacher. He's right there within you. He's right there within you. And he will show you what you need to do. So I asked the Lord about this. You know, when you look at many, many healing that the Lord did with blind people, the lame, and then he would tell them to do physical things. Rise up and walk. Uh, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And thou shalt come a bit again seeing. Physical things. I said, if somebody has sicknesses in their body, maybe cancer or liver problem or something like that, what physical thing are they going to do? I asked the Lord that question. And the Lord said, the primary way that you exercise or act on your faith is by saying. By saying. Mark 11, 23 and 24, if you will say to this mountain, says in that verse four times. The first one was an instruction. If you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass. You will have whatsoever you say. Go and look at it. Three times. You believe in your heart one time and you say it three times. So the entire three days that I was going through that pain, every time I wake up, I thank you, Lord, I believe that I'm healed. 
Thank you, Lord, I received my healing. Thank you, Jesus. And then if I'm not able to sleep, I play worship music, and then I'll doze off again, and then 30 minutes later, I wake up again, and then I'll declare my faith again. In my office, I'm declaring my faith. On my drive, I'm declaring my faith, even though the pain was still there. I learned this by listening to men and women that are more knowledgeable on faith than I am. I saw Kenneth Hagin. I saw Audrey Mark. I saw Andrew Womack. I saw Kenneth Copeland. All of these men, that's how faith works. That's how it works. We think that if I pray and the pain is still there, then it didn't work. No, you're walking by sight with all love in my heart. That's what you are doing. If you are going by what your senses are telling you, you're walking by sight. That's what it means by walking by sight. In fact, that verse, when it says walking by sight, you can replace it by walking by your five senses. Because sight is not the only, you know, sense that you have. You have four others. The devil will be coming and telling lies. Something else that I have to share, you know, as you are walking through your faith, one of the things that the enemy will do will bring fear will bring uh, doubt, unbelief. Do you know that you can resist fear? You say, fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And you do it by faith. Whom resists steadfast in your faith? That's what scripture said. So you're not just saying it just because bishop says say it or some other man of God says say it. No, you are saying it because you truly believe it. Everything, I've found out, everything that you do when it comes to God must be operated by faith. Otherwise, it would not work. So if you are resisting fear from, I used to think that confession, you know confession, you know there's a lot of teaching in the body and many people have misunderstood it. People think that confession works by the volume. So if I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm moving faster than Pastor Willie. I'm confessing, I'm confessing, then it will happen. No! What makes confession work is because I believe it in my heart. It's like a recipe. A big part of the recipe is you must believe it in your heart. Jesus said that. You must believe that you have received them, and then you say it with your mouth. How long is it going to take? I don't know. And the beautiful thing is about this is you already have faith. You already have it. You already have it if you are born again. That's how you got born again. How do you think you came in the family? Through the back door? No, you already have faith. Just use it. Go to your account and make withdrawal. Say, okay, I wake up this morning. Okay, what are we going to withdraw today? Ooh, I need some hope. Glory to God. Let's go to the account. Glory to God. It's that simple. Amen? Step out. And you know the Holy Spirit is going to be by your side. And begin to walk it with you. You know, I learned something too, Pastor. You know the Great Commission. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that does not will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out. So one day I was, you know I can quote it, I just did. I was reading it one day and the Lord said, stop. Do you know that most of my church believe that verse, that phrase, and these signs will follow them that believe. 
what they read is this sign will follow the Christian. That's not what he said. He said these signs will follow them that what? Believe. The Lord said it to me this way. He said these signs will follow them that believe that these signs will follow them. Mama, 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 mama. So I changed because I, I was of the belief that all I need to do is just put my hands on her and I'm done. But I have to believe that that physical prophetic act of putting my hand on you will actually do something. And you that I'm touching, that I'm ministering to, also have to believe we are both believing. You know, when, when people come forward to the front and they, they want to be prayed for, many of them are coming, I hope it works this time. Let's be honest. I hope it works this time. That's why it's not working. Because he has already finished it. Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The work is done. So God is saying to his bride this morning, arise, my bride. Arise. And begin to take possession of everything that the Father has made provision for you. And begin to act like the, my word is true. And begin to walk like my sons and my daughters. And begin to terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Because I see you as princes and kings in my family. Stop acting like you are beggars waiting for the Lord. No, no, no. I'm waiting on you to stand up with your authority. And begin to use my name. And begin to use my word like the weapon that it is. Because the Bible says the word of the Lord is like a sharp two-edged sword and begin to cut and begin to execute judgment in the kingdom of darkness for you are the sons of light. Arise! Arise! Praise the Lord. If I can borrow five more minutes. There's one more thing I need to share with you. Five more minutes. You can sit down. Luke 17, verse 6. It's not like you have a beach to go to anyway. There's coronavirus out there. So let's take five more minutes. I, I beg of you, please. Five more minutes. Luke 17, verse 6. How do you know that you have faith? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If something is abundant in your heart... Guess what? It's coming out of your mouth. There's no hands, ifs, and buts about it. If it's abundant in your heart, it's coming out of your mouth. So if cursing, F word, F bomb is coming out of your mouth, it's because it's abundant in your heart. So you need to do a heart check. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Look at this verse. The Bible says here, so the Lord says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry. Now, I want to just pick out two words there. If you have faith, skip the mustard part, you can say. If you have faith, it will come out of your mouth. If it's not coming out of your mouth, you need to go and check your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If it's abundant in your heart, it's coming out of your mouth. It's like you ate a big bowl of food, a lot of it. Eventually, it's coming out the other way. 
if it's abundant in your heart, it's coming out of your mouth. The heart and mouth connection. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. I believe I'm healed. My blood pressure is normal. Cancer is gone from my body. My skin is well. Whatever it is, I'm just using some examples. I believe it. It's coming out of your mouth. Look at another one. Luke 6.45. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, produces good things. And an evil person produces evil. For out of the abundance of your mouth, your mouth will speak. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So if, how do you know, what I'm trying to show you is this. How do you know that you are in faith? Watch your action and watch your words about that thing. You have to be very, you have to be present. What am I saying about this thing? What am I doing about this thing? Because, and, and the beautiful thing about this, if you find out that you are, not, you are walking by sight, then it's okay. You just make the adjustment. Just make the adjustment. Okay, I'm walking by sight. I'm acting based on what I feel, see, what my senses are telling me. Then make the adjustment and go to the account and see it. I receive. Thank you, Jesus. I believe I receive. I ignore the pain. You know, in the midst of it, you may need to take medicine. You know, one of the things is when, when doctors treat you, they're treating the body. When you receive healing, you are receiving from the spirit through your soul into your body. <sighs> Glory to God. I hope this is blessing you. I hope this is blessing you because it's very easy to believe. We did the exercise. And the reason you can believe is because Jesus has already prepared it. And how do you receive it? You just receive by faith, just the same way you got born again. What's the proof that you are truly born again? Can you show that in an x-ray? You know, people always do this. You know, how do you, how do you show that, that, you know, that person got healed? Well, how do you prove that the healing that Jesus did, God, they, they happened? Was there any x-ray, any doctor's report that the woman with the issue of blood was really, really hemorrhaging for 12 years? Come on. Stop playing that game. Follow the spirit. Follow the spirit. And stay in the faith. Amen? Let's pray. There's so much that I want to say, but I believe I deliver what the Lord put in my heart and what he wants delivered this morning. He's in love with us. He's in love with us, and he demonstrated that love by preparing so much. And he's waiting for you as his bride to take delivery. Hebrews 11:6. the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible, not difficult. It's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Every time you act in faith, you can see the smile on the face of the Father. Say, yep, they believe me. Just like when you tell your child that you're going to do something and they believe you, they look on your face, and what that does to you, that's what it does to the Father. When you act like his word is true and you step out in faith, I am healed, I'm delivered, I am set free. If you need prayer this morning, you want me to agree with you, remember the condition. You have to come in faith, I have to pray in faith. Amen? Um, we are going to take it right now. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. And then you walk it out. Like Pastor will say, you walk it out. You walk it out. Now I get what he was saying. You walk it out. You walk it out. You walk it out. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And you don't even need me to pray for you. You don't need me to pray for you. 
I can if you want me to. You don't need me to. Just go to your account and take what the Father... I didn't make it for you. He made it for you. He prepared it for you. I'm so rich. Don't be jealous. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm speaking from a place of understanding. Not just blowing some grammar. No, 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 no. I'm speaking from a place of knowledge. I have spent time in the secret place with the Father. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. You know, until you develop your own faith and grow your own faith, it's going to be very difficult for you to operate in the kingdom. Amen? It doesn't matter what the Lord has called you to. You have to grow and develop your own personal faith. Thank God for pastors and leaders in the church. But you need to grow your own faith. The father is saying, come away with me, son. Come away with me, my bride. And let me show you great and mighty things which you know not. I have to stop. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just give you praise. We magnify you for your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. I want everybody right now, we are going to practice what we just preached. Right now, if there's any need that you are trusting God for, practice what you just learned and just receive it right now. Right now, in this moment. In this moment, right now, take delivery. Take delivery. Log into your account. Your account has been, you know, dusty for the past months, maybe weeks, maybe years. Log into the account and take possession of what is already yours. Already yours. Everyone in this church that is sick is already healed. He's already healed. And so when I talk to anybody that I know that is believing God for healing, I'm not going to ask them unbelief questions. How are you doing? No. I'm not going to ask you that. I'm going to stand with you that I know that you are already healed. Amen? Praise the Lord. Anybody need prayer? Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you. We just honor you, Lord God. We, be, we give you praise. We thank you because we believe your word. We stand upon it. We stand upon it. We stand upon it. Not from a head knowledge, but from a heart knowledge. From within our heart. We know you've already provided it. It's done. It's done. 